0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your man Jr. Perry uh-huh. from Love Drops. You know I keep it locked uh-huh. every Sunday. To channel I play Us uh-huh. playing hosted by my man K D and play. Pretty Tony? So y'all keep play. it clubbing and keep, and, and keep it funky rookie. and keep it locked. I'm Can I play a Play? play. Club. Hey, hey, it's packed. Niggas don't know how to act. We the Mac. Hello, hello, hello. This is your boy, K. Diddy, coming to you live this afternoon on Can I Play a Play? Welcome to the show. You know, we come every Sunday, 2.30, same time. Today we have a, a special guest, um, I don't know, uh, a special guest that could definitely speak for herself. And today you're definitely on the politics again. We're not dealing with the politicians today. We have a gentleman, Mr. Steve Trebenegger, who will be joining us. Today to talk about some good real estate stuff, uh, Steve, homeowner's rights advocate, that's definitely here to uh, give us some knowledge. Uh, we were brought together by a mutual friend recently, and we're just going to call her AP, we're going to change the names to protect the innocent, and actually inspired us to do this show called Banking Bad in America to uh, enlighten some of the homeowners and some of the uh, things that are available to us. And without rambling on and on and on, let me introduce Mr. Trevick. Steve, are you with us?
1: Yes, I am. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, definitely. Welcome to the show. I don't know why I'm excited to have you. I guess because this is a a sensitive topic, sensitive subject, you know, and a lot's going on within our our economy, and there's a lot of people that... uh, are definitely caught up in our system and really don't know what to do. So I guess that's what's going on.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, homeowners out there that are struggling and looking for some answers. And, you know, we're here to give them some tools and and hopefully create some hope and some peace in their life. And, uh, you know, my background is I have quite a bit of background in finance and real estate and you know, I came across uh, a common problem across the United States, and it was uh, it was the banks, you know, kind of playing games with homeowners. And I would, you know, like take some time and just give the uh, empower the people, so to speak, and just give them some tools of, you know, how to handle it, kind of what to expect, and and uh, how to get the get some resolution if they're facing a foreclosure or they're in a house that's upside down where they owe more on the property than it's worth or interest rate is uh, way above prime and they're trying to refinance, but they're being told, you know, that they need to default to de- to qualify to refinance, you know, things like this. Um, we're going to just put some clarity to it. You know, I'm front line, so I see, you know, the homeowners' cases every day um, at this point. Me and, and uh, the others that I network and, and my business partners, we have successfully saved just over 1,200 homes in the last two years. Our services are always free, and they're very, very effective. So, you know, if i uh, like to just open up the lines if someone needs to call in and have some questions specifically on their situation, or, you know, if they're going through some turbulence in their life and um, they want to share that story, and maybe just get some input um, on what to do next. Now, I'm not an attorney, right. so let I me, would always that say number. that it Let needs...
0: me throw that number out there real quickly, Steve. The call okay. number, if you don't have it in front of you, is 646-929-2870. Uh, press number one on your phone. Let us know that you're there, and we're glad to let you in, and you can speak to Steve personally. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I just want to throw that out there.
1: No, that's great. That's a good point. You know, what we see a lot of is uh, is a communication issue between, you know, the banks and the homeowner. That's primarily what comes to us where, you know, they're just after their wit's end. They've been battling the, their lender trying to get resolution on their situation. You know, every story that comes through is unique. Every story is specific to, you know, their situation. Uh, There's a lot of press and media out there, and some of that information is good. Some of it's not so good. Um, And, you know, I like to bring some clarity to some of that, especially, you know, how to handle um, the lender when they're not responding, when they're not cooperating with you, or you've sent the paperwork in and you think you're in a, um, you know, a modification attempt, and then you get some paperwork that says that you're not. You know, we have several cases of families where they've, you know, they've attempted four, five, six, seven, eight times to get modifications done and the banks continual, continually stall and um and play some games. Let me let me, throw a, let me, throw, a, let me throw a
0: grenade let me complete. Let me throw a grenade out there, Steve. Isn't there some governmental agencies that's supposed to oversee this or are the banks free to uh just run amok and make policy as they go?
1: No, there's several government agencies that oversee, you know, what the banks do. If it's uh, a big bank like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, you know, um, GMAC, City Mortgage, those are regulated by the office of the controller of the currency. Uh, And they've had so many complaints in the last few years that they've been just inundated, and they're doing the best they can to catch up. But as you know, you know, government agencies struggle to be, on top of things, and by the time they do get there, there's a lot of homeowners that, you know, lose their home while the government agency is trying to figure out how to handle the issue. So I would always encourage any homeowner, if they're they're battling with one of the, um, you know, top five banks, make sure that you do file a complaint with the Office of the Controller of the Currency, and you can do that online, and get them in your court. That's a very important tool and uh, they'll help, uh, you know, they'll, they'll help navigate you through the process of of getting some honest answers from your um, lender. Uh, in addition to that, your state's uh, attorney general, make sure that you're communicating with them what you've been through and how you've been treated. You know, part of what they do is they regulate the businesses that do business in each state, and so if you contact your attorney general's office and just let them know, hey, I'm going through You know, um, a situation with my lender and it it doesn't seem to be fair, it doesn't seem to be honest, I'd like some assistance and and nine times out of ten they'll jump in and they will assist you with at least uh, keeping that bank honest. And what I mean by that is a lot of times the bank will request documentation and we will, as homeowners, send it out ourselves. We'll put it in the mail and we'll send it to that lender and then the lender will deny receiving that paperwork. And it's interesting, I had a case where I sent the paperwork certified mail, signature receipt, and the lender signed for it and then denied that they received it. And this was personal information from my client. You know, this was Social Security numbers and and bank statements and W-2s and tax returns. And so I got on the phone, and after about a 45-minute conversation with the lender, they miraculously found the paperwork. So it is there that problem is, you know, a lot of these banks weren't, they're not set up to handle the volume of problems that are coming to them. And, and so what they do is they look at it more of a money machine. They look at ways to capitalize on the issues instead of resolve the issue with the homeowner. And that's what we see a lot of is the banks kind of, uh, you know, making money from families that are in distress. And a good example of that was where you know, every time someone applied for a modification, the bank would get paid to process the application. But they wouldn't get paid to complete it. So the bank would stall and say, no, we didn't get your paperwork in time, deny you the modification, and then have you process another one so they could get paid again. And this is just some of the things that are going on out there. Obviously, we've seen some things come through where, you know, bank employees were encouraged to allegedly... um, you know deny modifications and then in return they would get perks and bonuses gift cards and things like that and so you know this the truth does come out you know eventually but meantime there's a I, lot of families that are struggling right now
0: i guess that's what made me ask the question about the government and the accountability because at the end of the day through this whole process you have people that have ended up losing their homes and uprooted and because of the way the system is, they won't be able to qualify for another home loan, so what about them? Are they just disposable people now? Or are they just uh, destroyed with foreclosures on their credit? I mean I mean what what happens? You know, I know you, you said know, you said that it yeah. eventually come out, but what happens to those people in the interim? You know, and and that's
1: such a great question. What happens to them is they get they get taken advantage of not only by the lender but everyone else that uses credit as a criteria for either qualification or uh, to, you know, your insurance rates are based on credit. So the lenders in many cases told homeowners, we can't help you refinance your home unless you're delinquent. And so the homeowner would get delinquent, and then later the lender would still deny the modification or the refinance and in addition to that that homeowner's insurance premiums would go up the interest rates on their cards their credit cards that they currently have would go up a lot of credit lines would get decreased based on the new credit uh, hits for the 30, 60 and 90 day late that would show up on credit so what we're asking the the federal government to do is to step in we know these banks committed fraud it's it's every day we see it there's uh, numerous uh, reports that come out all the time and these are credible sources showing that the fraud is definitely happening so we're asking that, you know the government to step in and say you know what if you were if there was fraud involved in your mortgage foreclosure at any level then it should not be reported on credit you should not be told to be late and then be penalized for doing what you're told by your own lender with every other uh, you know, organization out there, and we're asking that you know I sent a letter to all of our state representatives and and Congressmen requesting some legislation change, and we've got quite a bit of response, but those wheels are slow turning um on an individual basis. you can write a letter written request to your lender requesting them to remove any derogatory information That's one step, and in most cases. They won't even respond to it. They'll just do it because if they respond to it and say they are doing it, then, you know, it just creates a liability issue for them to say, yeah, we made a mistake and now we're going to correct it. So a lot of times they won't even respond, but they'll do it on their own. And I know that because in many cases where I've done that for homeowners, it got removed off credit. I had a family just recently short-sailed their home, and they were current all the way up until the point where the bank said, you can't qualify for the HAFA short sale unless you become delinquent. And this um, couple said, okay, well, you know, they used up their retirement money staying current, but at this point they decided to follow the bank's direction and become delinquent. The home gets sold, and they want to go into a retirement home, and they don't qualify. And that was devastating. You know, I was with the family when we went to the retirement home to, to fill out the paperwork, and it was devastating for both husband and wife And uh, as we walked out the doors, the wife was just bawling. She says, what do we do now, Steve? And so I reached out to the bank, and I said, you know, you told them to be delinquent. We want this removed. Well, we pulled their credit about three months later, and it had been removed from credit. So that's going to work on a case-by-case basis. It's certainly more the exception than the rule when you approach it at that level. The other option is to come at it at the credit bureau level, and you can hire a third-party agency like Lexington Law or a credit repair agency, and or do it yourself. You dispute it on credit, and you just simply write dispute letters to all three credit bureaus and let them know that you were told to be delinquent on this account, you'd like it removed, or you'd like the letter to verify that you actually was delinquent, and in most cases they will not verify it, and therefore it'll get removed that way. In addition to that, when you send that letter to the credit bureau, uh, send it certified mail because the credit bureau only has 30 days to validate that debt. If they don't validate it in 30 days, you send another letter saying you didn't validate the debt within 30 days. I'd like to get completely removed from my credit report. So there's, there's some ways to do it. It's unfortunate that the homeowner is stuck kind of carrying the bag on some of these issues, but it's worth it take the time to get it done, clean up your credit so that you can move on with your life and put that bad uh, scenario behind you.
0: Right. It's unfortunate because a lot of people today uh, actually are suffering that with the different changes of uh, in the economy and the whole, the whole political climate and just things going on in uh, everyday business and the banking practices.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, I wish it was specific to one lender. I wish I could say, if this particular lender is the worst or the best, and it's not. It seems like all the lenders are doing the exact same thing. And in some cases, the lenders, you'll have a Bank of America serviced loan that Wells Fargo owns. And it's easy for the servicer to say, well, the investor uh, is not going to approve your modification, and then you go to the investor and they say no you have to go through the servicer. So it's just kind of a merry-go-round uh in some of these cases. And they know what they're doing. Our role in it is to help keep them honest and we do that by as the homeowners cases come to us, we have an intake uh intake, you know, process. Someone contacts us through a either social media, direct email or mail or even direct phone calls. And we take their information and we you know, petition the bank. We say, okay, we're going to be monitoring this case. We expect you to be honest with this homeowner. And if you're honest with the homeowner and you do the right thing, we're going to publish it everywhere. We have massive distribution channels on social media as well as, um, you know, major media. You know, we have the whole Midwest media outlets are on our speed dial and email group list. So we put it in a form of a press release and it will be good or bad. So if the bank comes through, we'll put it in there you know bank comes through for california family um here and we you know we leave the names and we just to protect the homeowners privacy we leave the names of the pressure out of the press release in most cases unless the homeowner specifically asks us to but we release that and we let the banks know that we're just going to put a glass door on the front of their corporation and the consumers are going to see inside and if they're doing the right thing for homeowners we want to publish that we want um, to encourage companies to do the right thing but if they hurt a homeowner we also publish that fact Uh, we make sure we're fair we give them enough time to adequately address any situation that comes to us and um, you know there's all kinds of different scenarios so we have to be diligent on our part to make sure that the information we have is accurate and validated through documentation and once it is then we stand right by the homeowner throughout the entire process. We just, you know, we don't guarantee that we can get them a modification or a refinance, but we do guarantee that they will not be alone in the process once they get us involved, and uh, we will stand beside them, connecting them with all the resources they need, giving them the voice they need, because in most cases, you know, they don't, they don't feel like they have the voice to speak out, to tell their story, um, and a lot of families, you know, our success rate is very high. I think at this point we have about 12 cases that we have not been able to get done, but we never give up on those cases either. Even though the bank says, no, we're not going to fix the problem, we stay with it. We continue to fight, even after the homeowner is out of the home, we continue to fight and advocate for that homeowner regardless. And, um, and we publish the stories.
0: Steve, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about uh, you know the fight, especially the one that that we have a, a mutual acquaintance is going on right now. But I want to I want to jump back for a little bit and and kind of usually go I usually go the other way, but we started. But let's can, let's tell our listeners a little bit about who Steve Tribanig is and how do you come to get to where you are now and do the things that you're doing. Let's give them a little background if we can do that.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I was. Uh you know, I was raised a missionary kid. Um, We would travel around. I I grew up in and out of different Indian reservations. My dad's from Austria, mom's from Michigan. When my dad, um, you know, was here a very short while in the United States, he decided to go and and start a church for the Yaqui Indians in Tucson, Arizona. And so I kind of grew up with the Yaki Indians, and we would also go to different reservations like the Navajo Indians. And our role was to bring value, to to help any way we could with whatever, uh, you know, the different cultures needed, and and to accept them the way they were and just assist them in any, any place they'd like to go. So as we worked, you know, as I watched my parents do that, I kind of, you know, got out on my own. I always felt like my role in this world was to create value for others. That was the role, and to leave a legacy. And so in 2010, um, my wife, she was a realtor, and I worked for her as a realtor. I also owned a finance company. And um, she told me one day, she said, Steve, you know, I want to go back to school. I said, that's great. You know, I'll support you any way I can. We had four kids, so I had to close my finance company because I needed to be available for them during the day, and I went to work a, a night job. So that I could work nights, take care of the kids during the day while she was in school. She did that for about two years, and she graduated, and she got uh, she got a job in the line of work that she's in that she went to school for. And I told her at that point, I said, I want to go back into real estate. So, so, but during this period of time while she was in school, we got a letter from Bank of America that said you owe us five hundred and sixty-seven dollars. And I called Bank of America and I said, you know, our mortgage is current, times are tight, we were really struggling, but but we're getting the bills paid. Uh, What's this for? And no one could tell me. I went from phone call to phone call to get transferred around. I couldn't understand how you can send a bill out and not know what it's for. So... We had a little money set aside for, we run propane where we live and so you you always got to have some money set aside. We live in Minnesota. You run out of propane, you're going to (laughs) freeze. So always had a little propane fund going and I took the propane fund and I paid the bill because Bank of America was threatening foreclosure. If I didn't pay this $567 that they couldn't tell me what it was for. Our escrow accounts were in good shape. Uh, our mortgage was paid on time. I had front and back canceled checks for them, but they couldn't tell me what it was for. After about two months of struggling, and I mean really struggling now because now we had to, we had to create what was called a heat pump where you, you cut firewood and you put it in this stove and it heats up the stove and you pump that heat into the house. So I'm out there in the snow. I didn't plan on having to cut wood, so I'm digging wood out of the snow and doing the best I can to keep the kids warm and working nights and just really battling. And I get this letter from Bank of America, and it says, we apologize for our mistake, but we did apply the $567 to your mortgage. And I thought, wow, you know, I, all of this, and you're just going to apply it to my mortgage. Didn't send me the money back so I can get the heat, you know, back on in my house. So when I got into real estate, finally, again my uh, when my wife went got her job and I got back into real estate, I noticed the common denominator out there, and it was number one it was Bank of America Bank of America because they when they acquired countrywide they had the most mortgages in the nation and as I was working with homeowners, I'd come across the same scenario. I sent my paperwork in they said they didn't receive it. I tried to call. And they're not calling me back. I keep getting transferred to a different representative all the time. Uh, You know, I'm in the middle of of the process, and my home is getting foreclosed on. So what would happen, they would apply for a modification. They'd send all their paperwork in, and the bank would simultaneously foreclose, while the homeowner all the while thought they were working on a modification. And so what happened was it it triggered something inside me from childhood and that was that to create value and I thought told my wife I said you know this is a big problem I think uh, I'm going to start working on helping homeowners battle these banks and I had a lot of bank connections from the days when I was in finance so I dig into it and the problem was just unbelievable it was there was so much so many families going through it we started sending out what we called hope letters. We started with 100 a week and then it was 300 a week and then 1,000 a week. And these were letters going to anybody that showed up in public records as a risk of foreclosure. So I'd pull all the different uh, news articles for our area, the newspapers, public records, and I would go through and I would handwrite the addresses on these envelopes at first and send them what we call the hope letter. And this letter said, here's how to stop your foreclosure here's the different regulating agencies that are, that you can get involved to help. Um, call us if we can help in any way. And the phone was ringing off the hook. Uh, we went from 100 to 300 to 1,000 a week of these HOPE letters. The problem was so big that at one point I stopped and I sent Bank of America an email. I said, you know, this needs to stop. And I'm not going to stop until this stops. I told them I was going to create a YouTube video every day, a new social media outlet every month, that I was going to start registering all the complaints that I was receiving with the OCC, the Office of the Controller of the Currency. I was going to expose everything that was going on in, in the biggest way. And at first, they weren't real responsive. You know, I was just another angry homeowner. And um, But I stuck with it and every day i would just hours and hours and hours i'd spend um in social media and building websites and just just trying to just trying to get the message out there and it took a long time to to get their attention that was about 6 months and what would happen is a case would come in and we'd convert it to a um You know, to an intake form, we'd send it over to Bank of America asking for resolution. They would work on one or two, but they weren't giving us, you know, really good results at first. But we stayed with it. And when I say we, my business partner is excellent on social media and websites. He backs me up, and he just, you know, he was diligent and working day and night on these things, too. And between the two of us, there wasn't a whole lot that we weren't willing to do to get the message out there that's either going to stop the bad business practices or we're going to expose everyone. And it just grew from there. We, um, You know, a lot of times the cases come through Facebook or they'll come through, we have a site called Keep Bank of America Honest. We have Facebook Keep Bank of America Honest, Keep Wells Fargo Honest, Keep Chase Honest. You get the point. I mean, we take whatever... Cases that come in, you know, that we work with and we help the homeowner and we publish the results on all these social media outlets. And all of a sudden the bank started to realize that we probably weren't going away and that we were making an impact, that we had the ability through social media and through our networks that we were creating to get a message out there and be the voice to, you know, a homeowner in Wisconsin – that's you know trying to a single mother trying to raise her son or you know a homeowner in uh, Florida who you know someone got diagnosed with cancer and lost their lost their husband or they lost their wife we were going to be their voice and we were going to take it to the next level and we hit we did and every time Bank of America didn't cooperate we would spend more time developing more social media channels so if they weren't working with us we just okay you're not going to work with us we're just going to build more networks we're going to build more websites we're going to do more videos we're going to get more distribution and that's what we did and you know a big part of it was we uh, we were working I was working on hope letters and I just popped my video camera up and I was recording my kids putting these letters together I have four children they were they were excited to be a part of it and they're stuffing the letters and putting the stamps on and that video is on YouTube, on our channel. And the uh, producer and and uh, videography, uh, Banking Bad, his name is DeVoe Dunn, he's seen the video. And I'd reached out to him before, and he said, you know, he was kind of hesitant. He's like, yeah, Bank of America seems like a big animal, um, and we're really not going to go that route. I'm just going to tell my story. That was what he originally told me. But then he's seen this Hope video, and he calls me up, and he says, You're the real deal, aren't you? And I said, I am. And with your production skills and, you know, the, the knowledge that I have of what's happening, I think we could really make a difference. So Banking Bad, DeVoe Dunn, he steps up in a big way, and he starts putting out these videos that if you – one of them is keep, uh, Bank of America wants you to die before they modify. And it was so powerful. It was – it went out on YouTube, and it got picked up on MSN and Bloomberg. And, I mean, it was a story where the bank asked him for his own death certificate for himself before they would modify or refinance his loan. Wow. And being the producer he is, he put it into – of course, he took that and he put it into a video. Bank of America wants you to die before they modify. And it just – it it was just off the charts. It was done so well. And – it took a real serious issue and showed how how crazy this that it was and, and then he did part two, Bank of America wants you to die before they modify part two, and he in part two, I think it's like three minute three three minutes, eleven seconds into that video, he tells you exactly what we just uncovered the last month, which was he said it was like the, it was a diabolical plan where it the banks absolutely did not want to modify, even if they could, they wouldn't because they had another uh motive in mind. He called that, you know, almost a year ago in his video part two, and then we just discovered it when the six employees, you know, uh the whistleblower stepped up from Bank of America and said that's exactly what's happening. So then you know, he's Banking Bad and and DeVoe done they've been just a powerful ally to have because they can take a story and turn it into just something that that really reaches out to the hearts of Americans. And a lot of times when a family sees one of his videos, I, I could they, you know, either email him or they'll comment on the channel and they'll say, Man, that's exactly what was happening to me. I thought I was in this alone. I thought I was going crazy. So it really brought you know, together a lot of the social media where they, you know, they see that they weren't the only ones facing this. And, right. Uh, uh, yeah. It's. It, I just want to say, too, for our listeners
0: out there, again, the call in number six four six nine two nine two eight seven zero. I mean, uh, this gentleman is a real deal. Don't sit there on the couch and think about what you should have, could have done. Pick up the phone, call in, press a number one now. Ask your questions now although the show will be available in the archives after the show, pick up the phone, call in ask Steve now. Got questions? He'll tell you what's up.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't have all the answers, obviously, but I do have a lot of resources where we can get those answers for the homeowners. And those are free resources. We, you know, we look at it as we're going to be the catalyst to whatever the homeowner needs. You know, if they need... You know, help uh, sorting through their situation in their their specific county or their specific state. We're there for them. We have cases where, you know, they decided, you know, they're going to move out of the home, but they need a place to go. So we'll reach out to the county and and help them with the transition in any way we can. Uh, so what we do is we want to be that. Uh, you know, if the bully. On the playground is the banks. We want to be the one that stands up and says, "To get to this person, you got to come through us." And that's what we, you know, that's what we've been doing, and it's it's just been so powerful. And I, you know, me, my wife tells me all the time, she's like, "Man, you spend a lot of time doing that." And the reason I do is because I just I love it. I love being able to help. That's I love. That, that's kind of to
0: partially too, Steve. Not to cut you off, but that's partly why I want you to. Um, Give the people the benefit of your background, your 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 mission. I say your missionary uh, background. You know, because I can see you have a, a true heart. You got a heart of gold. You there to really truly try to help people and not take advantage of people. And and that's why I kind of wanted you to share that with the people. Know that you're not driven by the bank. You're not trying to put money in your bank, in your pocket. You're not trying to misuse nobody. You're legitimately trying to be a source to help people that's in distress, and you're not asking for anything. And it's unfortunate that more people aren't like that or don't think like that. And it's also unfortunate that we may have some listeners on the the phone that that don't see, you know, the the truth and the realness in what you're saying. People always think there's ulterior motives. But there's legitimately people here that are just good people and trying to help and feel good about helping people and no more. So I just want to get that out. Uh,
1: yeah, I appreciate that. There is no ulterior motive. You know, everyone thinks, well, there's got to be something in it. And it's funny because, you know, every family I help is a little different situation. But in most cases, when I'm done working with them and we got the modification and their their life is stable again they'll call me and they'll go, Okay, what now? And I'll just be, What do you mean? (laughs) What now? What you know, there's gotta be something more to it. No. Live happily ever after. That's what you need to do now. (laughs) Reach out. Don't keep me a secret. Let others know there's hope. There's good people in this world and it's not driven about money. It's worse than than not driven by money. To be able to send out those hope letters, you know, I was putting out like four hundred and fifty dollars a week And I didn't have it. I mean I was making okay money but it wasn't you know, it wasn't I wasn't turning, you know, eighteen hundred a month for postage. And so I started selling everything and I you know, I sold everything I owned, my tools, I'm a hunter, so I sold my guns, I sold everything I could to come up with the money to send out those hope letters because every stamp I put on a letter to a family I just thought this could be the one that was sitting there crying or, or praying and saying, Lord, please help me out of this situation. And this could go to that family. And then the letters that came back from the families, and I got piles and piles of them from the families that moved out, I feel like I, I could have done more. I just, I'm just i like, man, it breaks my heart. I'm like, they they gave up. You know, my best advice for homeowners out there is never, ever give up. Don't lay down you stand up it's your home it's your family it's your life stand up because no one else is going to you know the banks if you as soon as you back down it's over stand up and if you can't do it on your own or you get you get tired and i know what that's like you get you know you get worn down and uh you just you know you just can't keep going that's when you need to lean on you know on me and uh, on our on our uh Circle of influence because we have a lot of people all over the United States that are just very very knowledgeable that will just step up and and say hey you know let me take this I get other things come in all the time where people say hey do you know someone that can help with an employment issue This was a recent situation where someone was felt they were kind of getting the short end of the stick with their employer and I said me personally I don't know but I help the homeowner that that's what she does. So she uh immediately responded to the email and sent it over to her attorney friend who got some resolution. I emailed it back to this person and it was it was the end of story. So it's it's about connecting with each other and everyone has knowledge and everyone has talents and everyone, you know, there's something they know that, that you know, we don't know and all we have to do is reach out and connect. And um We started a a new company in February. It's called Hope for America, and it's a nonprofit. And our goal with that company is to make it the number one nonprofit in the nation. And this nonprofit will be a community stabilization company. It'll it'll do the foreclosure prevention, which is what we do now. But it'll also, when, you know, we had DHL went out of business in Ohio, and there was 15,000 families lost their job almost overnight. You know, we want to be able to step up and say, here's, you know, here's some help. What do you need? Do you need, you know, help or support filling out unemployment applications? Do you need support filling out resumes? Do you need us to connect you with, uh, you know, different uh, jobs for relocation? What do you need? And we want to just be able to come just in force and just support that community. In northern Minnesota, they got flooded out really bad. You know, we want to be able to provide skidders and backhoes and sandbags and and food and water, whatever they could possibly need. And you know who's gonna support Hope for America? The very banks that cause a lot of the problems to begin with. We've reached out to these banks and said, Look, you know, we know what you've done. I got a stack of complaints that most people would look at and go, That's not even real. <laughs> it is real. And so I know what they've done firsthand and now we need to put this country back together. And we're you know, so as far as being in it for the money, I'm the last person in the world that would be. I don't I don't splurge on anything. I I'm not you know, I got but I got four healthy kids, we got a roof over our head, I got a great wife and you know, my life is okay. I don't need anything else except to be able to be there for others. Because I want to leave a legacy. I want my kids to say, hey, my dad, you know, he, he was what his dad was. You know, he created value for others when there was nothing else involved. And so, yeah, you know, all I would say to the naysayers is to say, there's got to be an alternative motive, because I get that all the time, you know. I would say, all right, just step back and watch. Just step back and follow, and you'll see. Talk to the homeowners. You know, one day I hope to do a documentary where we go to all the homeowners that um, we've been able to affect, and we let them tell their story. You know, and then you can ask them yourself. Hey, did he ask for money? Did no? There's no alternative motive. I got a small real estate company that pays my bills. You know, I sell a house here and there. I don't need much money to survive, and that's it. The rest of the time, I devote to, you know, helping people that need some hope, that need someone to stand up. And, and take the hits because they're wore out. And I think that there's a lot of good people out there. I, I know there are because they come to me all the time. How can I help? We'll get done with their case, and they'll say, Steve, what can I help you with? What can I do? And um, so we're. it's powerful. When people come together well, the, as a nation, old, The old people, Steve,
0: used to say, water seeks its own level, and so does people. And I kind of agree with that. I mean, I think... I think the good people and the true people—they they know and they see who each other
1: are. Right. I, you know, I I've always told people, you know, I'm never going to tell you to just to trust me because that's something you got to earn. You know, it's something that is in short supply in this world, and it's something that I I would have to earn that. But I, but you know what? Let me earn it. Let me show you, because at the end of the day you know when it gets done and i say have a nice life you know you'll know wow that guy looks for real and a lot of the people that the families that we come in contact with you know we get get the situation resolved and and they do they go on and live their life and we don't hear from them again and that's fine i'm not asking for any of that but there are a big group that say you know what thank you and now i'm going to give other people's hope and i'm going to help them with their situation like you helped us it's kind of like paying it forward And we can put this nation back together, but we have got to get from being greedy to creating value for others. Because as soon as you get greedy, you get in a mindset of there's never enough. But when you give, there's always an abundance. Because that's the seed you plant. If I go out and plant an orange seed, I get an orange tree. If I go out and plant value for others and I just give, then that value always comes back. But if you're just greedy and you just You know what is in it for me. You'll never have enough, and you'll always be living in lack. And it's so powerful because you know it took me a, a long time to realize how powerful it was. But all I do, all I want to do every day, is create value for others. And I get so blessed every day by people that I've created value for, whether it's an email or whether it's a you know a letter or a card from their family or whatever the case is. You know, and I, I hang that stuff all around me because that's what gives me the strength to to keep battling. This stuff's not easy. And these banks don't play nice. They no. got some of the best attorneys. They got all the money you can imagine. I've been threatened so many different ways. <laughs> it's not even funny. And a lot of times, you know, it's it's hard on me. There's times where I'm just like, Man, you know, I you know, that's a that's I you know, I'm really going to uh Gonna have to dig in on this one, and I do. And and the funny thing is, even the attorneys, a lot of times when they're confronted, the uh, they'll back out of the situation too because they'll see how corrupt it is too. I Had a case out in Ohio where the attorney, you know, I was on them pretty hard about uh, a family out there that Bank of America was hurting, and I finally I get this email from the attorney that said we no longer represent Bank of America. I mean they backed out. They were like we're done. So, you know, then there's some attorneys out there that are maybe in the business for the wrong reason and they give all the other attorneys a bad name because there are some good attorneys out there. I know there's all these jokes and and uh and, you know, about attorneys, but there's some good ones out there. But the ones that are out to hurt others will expose those attorneys too. And there are some out there. There's some attorneys that are actually doing more damage for the homeowner than good, just because they just don't understand the process. Right. They just don't know it well enough. Maybe they have good intentions, but without understanding, you know, how the system functions. You could have, you know, 10 mortgages all serviced by Bank of America, and every one have a different outcome. Because every one is specific to so many different scenarios. You got the investor. You got the income of the family. You got the the area of, that the home's in. You got the value of the, you know, is the overall makeup of the, the county going up or down? There's so many variables, and so a neighbor will go to another neighbor, "No, I got the two percent and principal reduced," and the neighbor will say, "Well, I'll go get that. I got Bank of America too." It just doesn't work like that. Well, attorneys don't know a lot of times. It's not that they that they wouldn't do the best thing if they could. They just don't understand sometimes. And that's not all of them. There's some very, very good attorneys out there I come across all the time. But there are some that are simply in it to make a buck. And they're the worst of the worst when they prey on the people that have already been hurt. And for those ask, attorneys who are listening to this feel? call... I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming for you. And there's no, there's no cease and desist order that's gonna stop me. Uh, it's a big network. Someone can come at me personally, and they're gonna affect a small segment of the network that we have now because it's, it's a big network. There's a lot of people that are gonna stand up and have stood up for what's right, and it's so much bigger than me. You know, I'm, I'm one, you know, one guy just, you know, with a, a mission and. And vision, but there's a huge orchestra of people playing, and the song is a beautiful song. It's, it's a song of hope, and it's a song of realizing your dreams. It's a song of being all that you meant to be. And we've come together, and we're playing that. And you know, so if if you're an attorney out there and you're taking advantage of these homeowners. It, get to know me, because 'cause I'm coming for you. It's just a matter of <laughs> time. It's gonna get exposed. you gonna hurt the wrong homeowner. That happens all the time. Like they hurt uh you know, D uh DeVos Dunn. Didn't know he was a producer. Didn't know that he was as talented as he was and he well, came back hurt any of it
0: hurt any of our friends, you know, uh which is which absolutely. is wrong without saying and uh we're definitely gonna be, let it be known that, uh, you know, we're not going to stand for it, and we expect them to do the right thing.
1: Yeah, we do, and, you know, if they do the right thing, you know, as as uh, a consumer, we will support that. I want to give, you know, every time you swipe a card, and, and I've been saying Bank of America a lot, but I, um, it's all the banks. Bank of America was just the number one, Uh, my first target. Now Bank of America cooperates so well with just about everything we send in. It's just amazing. I mean, I I fax it into my contact. They investigate it immediately, and nine times out of ten, it comes back positive. Now, we're working on a case now that didn't come back positive at first, but that doesn't mean it's not going to end positive because we're going to see it through. But it's Wells Fargo. It's Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase has kind of stepped up to be you know, the I have seen a, a article out there called the Golden Pooh Award. I don't know if you see that, but they stepped up to receive the Golden Pooh Award. It's kinda of like a the Grammys for doing the things wrong. <laughs> so wow. We so we went after Chase and uh and we're working on, you know, creating good communication with Chase so that we can get resolution quickly, but they've been a little tougher to deal with. But we're expecting great things. Wells Fargo, they've been tough at times, but I do have a single point of contact with them and he does a great job with anything I send in. Um if they can't get it done, they have a really good reason why they can't and like I said, we that's not the end of the story for us. Then we go to the investor. We look at every option we can. Maybe there's someone that can um purchase the home for the family. Whatever we need to do. We we try to get that done, but Wells is kind of they're kind of in between uh City Mortgage, they've stepped up on a lot of different issues. Um, GMAC, they've stepped up. So it's not just Bank of America. You know, like I said, it's 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 a problem with all the banks. It's just the way that they're designed. They weren't designed to handle what we've been going through. So we're helping in, or encouraging them to maybe change some of the corporate uh, uh, structure. And a lot of these corporations were frozen in their corporate ideas and structure, and we had to get them to unfreeze, make some changes, and hopefully refreeze with those new changes in place, kind of an organizational development strategy. so we're working on that, but it's it's you know it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of time um you know on every family that comes to me, I feel like it's i I have so much empathy because of the way I grew up. I feel like I am in their situation with them, and that's hard emotionally. Yeah, that's yeah. hard physically. It takes a lot of, uh, you know, strength to just keep, just keep pushing through because it hurts. You know, I had a family called me where Bank of America modified their mortgage to 100% of their income, and I talked to you a little bit about that case. And and the homeowner calls me after the fact and says I was trying to buy some clothes for my kids and I was in a thrift store and I got a couple shirts and my one son said Mom, my shoes, I could really use some shoes and she said she looked down at his shoes and they were tore up and she fell to her knees and she goes you know, I felt like a failure as a mother and there was another case where I get a a call and I said they, they tell me the story. It's a young man. And I said, well, are you near a computer? And he goes, no. He goes, I'm at the hospital. I just tried to commit suicide. Wow. These It's very, very real and yeah. very, very serious stuff. And that individual is still in his home, and he cares for his mother, and he's probably listening to this call right now. So, you know, when when those calls come in, you better be the real deal. You better not be playing games. Because you gotta get it done. And, you know, we we get a lot of information from, you know, the hacker group Anonymous, they send all all kinds of documentation to us. We get a lot of support from Occupy and, and those groups and they just do great things out there, I know, trying to make some difference. We don't affiliate with either one. We're independent so we're not but we do get provided with the documentation we need for specific cases. And I had an attorney reach out to me just recently and asked me for some documentation to help support her in her fight for a homeowner. And, and I said, absolutely. You know, I have that stuff most of the time with a couple clicks of my mouse, so I can provide that to an attorney if an attorney needs um, to show that this is going on within a specific area or geographic region. We can provide a lot of those documents to them. And we you know we know that we want to stay effective, so we don't get involved in anything illegal like that. we just if it you know if somebody's doing something that they're not supposed to be doing and they get the information the wrong way we don't we're not involved in that. Our role is to simply provide the tools to whoever needs them to help them through whatever they're going through.
0: That that is powerful, and that's certainly a mission. And uh, like I said, I I definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on the show and share your wealth of knowledge with our listeners and uh, to let them know that there is hope out there and there's things that can be done. I know real real quickly, uh, Steve, I know I cut you off earlier and you were speaking on... Uh, things that you and your partner do publishing information against banks when they do bad things. And uh, even even when they do good things, you let it be known as well that you're not uh, biased in your, your publishing information. And I kind of cut you off, and you were making a point about uh, that, if you recall.
1: Yeah, no, no problem. You know, our role is is to create hope. So when we got to put out a bad story that a bank where they're committing some kind of uh, fraud or they're, they're we know for a fact just from our own experience that they're not being diligent, it's that's hard for me because I know that's going to go out there and I know it's going to it's going to take hope away from people that are in a tough position themselves. But we have to be fair, you know. I get, I get beat up a lot of times uh social media wise when i publish good things and i just tell them look my commitment is is just to be that glass door it's not bias okay i can't even though i was hurt by bank of america uh there's good people at bank of america and they're they're getting things done and for the homeowners that they help you know I I will publish if you google my name you'll see I think the second link on Google is Bank of America comes through for a family so it's it's not about you know blasting these banks I mean these banks as long as they're trying to do the best that they can now when we catch them with their hands in the cookie jar absolutely I mean we're gonna put that everywhere because they need to know the consumers are watching and these consumers are the ones that are sliding their debit cards and writing checks, and taking out auto loans, and taking out mortgages, and they need all the information, just like voting. You need all the information you can so you know who to vote for. And every time you swipe a Bank of America debit card, you're voting for Bank of America. Now, would that same consumer be so willing to vote if they had all the information? So our role in it is to just give all the information and put it out there, and let the general population decide who they're going to support. Is it going to be Bank of America? Is it going to be Wells? Is it going to be their local credit union? Is it going to be whoever. Um and it's not just the banks. We, you know, if there's com specific companies that are doing harm to families and we can prove it, we go after those companies too and just expose the corruption. And that's all it is. It's and it's pretty cut and dry. So but there's I try I wish I could only publish positive things. That would be my my goal, and I think one day that may get realized. But when I it you know my stomach gets in knots and it just breaks my heart. And I know when I hit the when I click the button to publish, I just go man. You know I and, and in a lot of conversations I'll have with the lender when they start taking that route, I'll tell them I'll, I'll just be like please I wish you wouldn't have just said that I, I please take that back. Please don't tell me that that's the position that you're going to take on this. Please do something else. So, but uh, and the thing is, you know, our our plan is to just continue to help and Hope for America is going to be the catalyst to that. And I mean, Hope for America in itself is its own show. It's, it's when we get that thing up and running, it's we're just going to bless. I mean, we're not going to wait for the federal government to come in and and help. We're just going to bless it immediately, you know, whatever the situation is. And you know what? If we give the wrong people money, we're going to let God sort that out. We're not—we're right. <laughs> not in the business to judge others. Whatever someone's been through in their life, you, the thing is, you don't, I don't know think, that you're going to do the exact same thing. I don't think
0: you'll have, you have an issue giving the wrong people the money because I mean, you're more in the trenches. You're not like some of these other government officials that are away someplace else and trying to make policy for people and they really don't actually know what's going on, you know. So, you know, you kind of got to be hands-on in certain things, I think. And I think, uh, (laughs) without talking about our president, I think a lot of these things we're dealing with today we wouldn't be dealing with had the money be put in the proper people's hands to delegate opposed to giving it back to the banks. Which helped create right. the problem
1: in the first place. So. No, and that's a great point. That I mean, if you're, if you know the banks are committing fraud, why would you give them more money so they can commit more fraud? You know, any one of our businesses uh, individually, you know, as small business owners, if we're not doing business right, we'll go out of business. You know, the government shouldn't come in and hand money to a business that's doing business poorly. That just shouldn't work like that. But. You know, I don't know all the ins and outs of those decisions. I can't judge I, you know I respect any president that's willing to take this country huh, <laughs> you know because it's a tough country sometimes that's that's willing to stand up there and take the hits um I'm not you know i'm not i'm a non party guy I'm more of an independent than anything so but so as you know, am I he's our as leader are we. <laughs> he's yeah he's our leader we're we're to honor. Our leaders, you know, we're to teach our children how to honor our leaders. We don't have to agree with what they're doing, but we do have to show our next generation how to honor the leaders because I think that's something that's lacking big with our generation now, the up-and-comers, is they've lost the honor side of things. Just because you don't agree with someone doesn't mean they're a bad person. you know. And if they're in a position, like our president is in a position, President of the United States, he deserves our honor. And uh, whether whether we agree with it or not, and then if we don't agree with it, then we go vote and we we make some changes and we we have our voice heard, you know. But well,
0: I think I think too. You just hit on a point, Steve. This very, very, very good point. And I think that's going to be a conversation for another show. But the voting process, the people have lost faith in the system. So it's even harder to get them to go out and vote on anything they disagree with because they lost vote in the system. There's been so many questions even about the votes being accurately accounted for.
1: Right.
0: So how do we yeah. fix that? you got to fix that first in order for <laughs> like, to get the people back to the polls to vote because they've lost faith in the whole system. But uh we're down like to the last uh minute and a half of the show, Steve, and I want you to give the people your contact information, throw that out there, uh Dee, sure. and um and possibly well, we can I, do I can, part two.
1: Yeah, you can e- easily Google my name and I'm all over. But I would say best way to contact me you can just email me directly my email. You ready for this? Go for Steve. it. Steve? All right, Steve Trieb, T-R-I-E-B, Steve Trieb, T-R-I-E-B at com, And that's a direct email, comes right to me. You can also find us on Facebook, of course, at Keep Bank of America Honest, Keep Wells Fargo Honest, Keep J.P. Morgan Chase Honest, Keep GMAC Honest, Keep U.S. Bank Honest. Um, or you can just simply Google my name at Steve, last name is T as in Tom, R-I-E, B as in boy, E-R, N as in Nancy, I as in Igloo, G as in George, Steve Trebernig, and kind of see what we do out there. But if you're struggling and you're listening to this and you go, man, is this the real deal? It is, but I would say give me a shot because I don't expect you to trust me right out the gates. A lot of people have been hurt, and when I have someone come at me really hard, the first thing I say is, you must have been hurt bad by this bank, and I understand that. And when you're ready for help, I'm, I'll be there for you at any point. Doesn't matter. You can call me every name in the book. That's fine. But when you're ready, I'll be there.
0: Absolutely. And
1: thanks again for joining us, Tree, Steve.